Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. We've only just begun to leave. Why some promises? A kiss for luck and we're on away. Imagine mixing a great world-class singer with those great memories you have from movies, because movies are one of the things that we always remember throughout our lives. We have an opportunity for that here in Las Vegas in a great venue. With me, Giada Valenti is with us, a fantastic world-class singer. She's going to be at the Myron Cabaret Jazz part of the Smith Center, which is a great, best part of the whole thing. It's smaller, but the acoustics are incredible. On Thursday, March 12th at 8 o'clock, welcome. We are excited to have you here. I'm even more excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) What is it about the movies, do you think, that just excites people. Everybody remembers, you know, yeah. those are great movies, but we all remember the songs. If you say The Graduate, right away you hear Mrs. Robinson or whatever the song is, you know, you, you can't think of the Titanic without thinking of Celine Dion singing that song. That's all right. Yes, all right. I think because, I mean, we the, the song stays with us. We all have a memory with who we are going to the, to see the movie or what happened in our life when the movie was famous and that song was playing on the radio. And those memories, I think, they stick with us more than, I think, the movie, the story, because the story is not our story. But the song became our story because it became a part of it. This, this was for me. I mean, I know exactly which movie was released when I was a teenager and which song was in the movie. And so, I mean... And I'm so excited about this new show because, I mean, I'm preparing it, of course, and I'm putting videos of the movie. And to see again some clips of the movie and hear the music again, it brings back memory. That's what the sounds from the movies do. They brings back memory. Well, what are some of the songs we're going to hear? Because I'm excited about this. Oh. Like you say, I, I always associate the two. I'm very <laughs> musically connected to that I kind of thing. About- it's everything. It's, it's. I go from uh, back to modern time with Charlie Chaplin, and you hear Smile. Uh, you hear Amado Mio from the movie Gilda. But then we go back until nowadays. I mean, of course, there are some uh, sounds from A Pretty Woman, my favorite movie. There is uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, a movie that we still love. There is uh, also some from The Greatest Showman, From A Star Is Born, which I have to decide if I want to do the Barbara Streisand version of a song from Lady Gaga. We are. We are. I'm working with this new. Uh, arranger where I might be thinking maybe we combine all the songs with a tribute to the Star is Born and I've heard that there was even a version of a Star is Born in, with, with uh, Judy Garland right? Yeah, absolutely. In the 40, 30, 60 years. So, I, I, so it, it's a collection. It's too difficult to say. It's a little bit of everything. There is also some from uh, from the movie that they just made about Freddie Mercury. I'm, I'm obsessed with uh, with Queen and uh, oh, so yeah. there is one song of them. It, it's a mix and, and there's a song from West Side Story. How can you miss a West Side Story? That's the problem. My musical director said, listen, they 
show is like an hour and a half. <laughs> we cannot do four days because you can go. I think I have a list of 78 songs oh. from movies. So if we are encore, we might the just Godfather, get one. The <laughs> Godfather, Cinema Paradiso. Oh, there is. A, I mean, come on. The story of your whole career, as I see it, is versatility. <laughs> the fact that you can do a Queen, a Freddie Mercury song, and then move it in with The Star is Born and all these different things. It's incredible. I, 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 I see music in a different way than maybe some other people do. Because sometimes I say, which kind of music do you sing? I say, the one I like. Yeah. For me, music doesn't have a, a, an era. A song is a beautiful song now, and it could have been written in 1920, 30, 40, 50, or 2020. If a song is good, a song is good. I sing also recent song because some people say that the music nowadays is not good. It's not true. In my PBS special that I filmed a couple of years back, I put a song of Christina Perry, which would be in the also in the in the in the show. It's called A Thousand Years. Christina was 22 when she wrote it for the for the Twilight Saga for the kids. The kids, the, the young kids, they know the song. The song is beautiful. And when I put it on my PBS special, one of the best reaction was from all the people saying to me how beautiful was the song because it's a song about love and if you are inspired by love we are inspired by something that that is personal that those sentiment never change you like doing that don't you where you I, take something and kind of bring the song that my kids would know and I wouldn't and go wow what is that oh it actually was yeah. a hit <laughs> yeah it, it, it's beautiful and the other way around I mean I, I've been performing in some theaters and uh, in some of the theaters the, the guys that do the light and the sound are trainees so they are students of university normally some of the theaters are attached to university and I've been doing a song I don't know that a song of the Bee Gees I remember at the time for mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live Saturday Night Fever and those kids came to me and said I love that song. Did you write the song? I'm like, <laughs> the Bee Gees wrote it. They don't even know who the Bee Gees were. So I included the story in my show. And I see all those kids, they discovered this music that from a generation long before them. And they still love it. A good song, it's a good song. Well, that's when they say like the great American songbook. Uh, I think that's why guys like Rod Stewart and Paul McCartney all want to take a shot at it because that music is great. Uh, and it's just a matter of putting your own spin on it. It's, it's, I always say it's timeless beauty. Music is it's like love. It's timeless beauty. Never change. Never change. And, and, and I mean, the lyrics, the melodies. I, you said that you give a new spin. Of course I give a new spin. First of all, I have this Italian accent. So if you hear whatever song I sing for you is going to sound new to you because but you never heard it with my accent, even though they told me I lose it when I sing it, but still is in there. And, yeah. and I like to, to change the arrangement. I'm collaborating with a dear friend of mine who is a very famous conductor and arranger in Sicily by yeah. the way. And uh, I'm doing more and more stuff with him and he will be uh, my guest doing with me uh, the Smith Center. And it's going to be a beautiful coll- collaboration of two Italian person. And it's funny how me and him being Italian, we give a spin that probably is going to be and America would never do, you know, your own American songbook for us yeah. is, is, is we put some Italian soul on it and it's, it's going to be interesting. It's interesting working on this project. Well, and again, I was reading through your bio and I have to ask you, they go, oh, talks about your wide range of uh, stylings. And you did songs from the Carpenters and from the Doors. And I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, you can't get any more uh, opposite than that. It's true. I, I, Light my fire. I mean, come on. That song is it's it, it's yeah. one of the most beautiful love song I ever written. Like, come on, baby, light my fire. And then you go to Karen Carpenter. For me, one mm-hmm. of the best voices we have, uh, God have uh, created. The, the 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 and the song. I mean, he, she and Richard they wrote some some songs that are spectacular. So, and and you know, uh, were music that my parents loved. So when yeah. when when my parents were playing the music, I, I mean. 
it's it's so beautiful. For me, I told you, I'm eclectic. I uh, I even do songs that uh, you were not expecting from me to do completely because maybe they were done by a, a man. I, it's not in the song or the movie. I don't sing that song, but I, I did uh, the song Time in a Bottle of Jim Croce, yeah. which was a big surprise for everybody. I recorded actually as a single, will come out, uh, I think, uh, this summer. And it's beautiful to see how that song is kind of forgotten. But when yeah. I performed at Carnegie Hall uh, last October, last year in October, and I remember after the show, people saying, gosh, I forgot the beauty of that song. Oh, I love the fact that you're doing that because I love Jim Croce and I think oh. he's kind of underappreciated. You yes. know, he's taken from us much too soon. But it's great. That is a wonderful oh. song and I would love Such to hear your take beauty. on that. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah, you've worked with people in the business. I, I saw some of the names: your music director and uh, so forth. These people have worked with the best, and oh, yeah. it's got to be exciting for you to kind of what can they do with somebody like yourself who can do so many things with a song. I mean, I'm always say uh, it doesn't matter how good you are. You have, always have to try to work with people that are even better than you. So you stretch yourself and you challenge yourself. I think from challenging yourself, that's where you get some magic things happening. And working with Greg Field, who won eight Grammy, I mean, was uh, was the producer of most of my song. I'm I'm collaborating now with Jorge Calandrelli, 23 Grammy nomination. He's the musical director of Tony Bennett. Only to sit on the piano and have him play a song and the magic of those fingers, the way. He sees music, the, the stories. Because you should imagine when you work with people of that caliber, yeah. they have story to share with you. That they're such, such an enrichment for me as a person on a personal level. And uh, um, of course, they give you advice that you will never know. One of the greatest things I remember I've learned. Phil Ramon was a dear friend of mine. Mm. Phil Ramon was. I think he won like 20 or 14 Grammy. Yeah. He was the producer. Almost all the iconic songs we love of Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald. And I remember the first time I performed for him, with him, was uh, in New York City. And after my performance of Caruso, I remember, was the song Caruso. And was just a week after Luciano Pavarotti died. And, 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 and Phil Ramon had produced all the Pavarotti and Friends with uh, Luciano. He came to me with tearing eyes and he said, that was so beautiful. And I remember telling him, I said, Phil... You heard this song done by Luciano Pavarotti, by Lucio Dalla, by the greatest, and you tell my version is beautiful. I mean, I'm nobody. At the time, I really, I was just moved to New York, and I remember he said something that stayed with me. To be great, you don't need to be famous. Greatness is something you have it or you don't have it. For me, it was the greatest compliment. And really, Phil was somebody that he was working with the best. And if we were walking together in New York City and somebody was playing a, like a, a homeless musician playing on the street or wherever, you know, in New York, we have those people that plays on the street. Phil was stopping and giving compliments to them because he said they may be nobody to the world, but that's a great musician. That's a great singer. And that's a, that says something about the person himself. Definitely. Yeah, right? that is, There is a certain amount of truth to that, isn't there, oh. really? That for all the talented stars and names we know, there's lots of people out there that have that same talent that, for whatever reason, they never can't get discovered. It's true. And, and you know, uh, it's funny because sometimes you see on YouTube those videos. They put uh, famous people on a corner of a street. Mm-hmm. playing or singing nobody even pay attention you put that maybe that two days later they go to Carnegie Hall and they spend two hundred thousand dollars to see him and it, it's I'm always say is a this is what I wanted to say with Phil Ramon. Sometimes people don't appreciate the greatness of certain artists because maybe they're not mainstream famous and in the other hand, because pe- people tend to to do you think that all the people that they are super famous are super great I don't think so 
Yeah. It, it, again, <laughs> part of it is just kind of one of those things that I don't know if it works. But what what I like about your thing and what everybody has told me about, like you're back to Carnegie Hall and so forth. It's not just the singing. It's all about uh, you're um, you're into the presentation, right? There's a feeling. I mean, people always say, like, "Wow, there was a." a, a Quality and elegance to the bro- to uh, as I say to the broadcast because that's my field. But really, there's there is a certain elegance that you get oh, there thanks. that is is naturally appealing. They tell me all the time. One of the things I do on stage is that, but I mean, I'm always done it ever since ever since I can remember I tell stories I mean we all love the music but we all want to know they the audience love to hear why I'm doing that song what is special about the song and while you do that they think about their special memories of about the song and I, I'm a good storyteller and most of all I mean the, I think music is communication communication of emotions and I approach a song as a story it's the story I'm telling and I think there's a lot to that there was a old singer named Al Stewart and he had the year of the cat but I, one thing I remember of seeing him on, on stage is he would explain the meaning of each song and yeah. I still remember that concert I probably wouldn't even think of him if it wasn't for that yeah. concert it, it, it's the same I mean I, um, when we filmed my PBS special I remember PBS said oh you talk too much we have to cut the, the, the talk so they ended up cutting the talks and I remember people watching uh, the, the edited version of PBS and say it's like they took the heart out of you yeah. I mean I think my talk is part of what people like comes to my concert for they love my uh, there are some songs that are related to story and like my parents met dancing sway the famous sway mm-hmm. and so the story is very funny how my parents this match made in heaven almost did not happen and it's the whole story i tell always in the same way so at a certain point after doing it that for a year and a half i changed the shot took out the sh- the story and the song at the meet and greet, after the, there were people that I came, I brought my friends, and I was telling them she's gonna tell, and you took it out. So people never get tired to hear. It's like watching a movie all over again. Right. And so the, the story became, you see, what I wanted to say, those stories are personal to me, but they became so familiar and fun for the people. They come to the concert for the song and the story, even though they know the song and they know the story. They're laughing even before the, the punch point. You know, when, when, it's, when it's so powerful like that, they want to make sure they heard it right so they didn't yeah. miss anything, you know, and they, so they can tell their friends about it. And, stuff too. A, and there is another song I've been singing forever. It's La Vie and Rose. And so it's always in the show. It's like an iconic song for me. And once I remember, I did a concert in New York. I took it out. And after the, the meeting, greet, no, I didn't have a meeting. I received a couple of days later a letter from a, a gentleman. He said, you almost ruined it for me. I brought my girlfriend, and she loved your version of La Vie and Rose. And I had a ring ready, and I said, when Jada towards the end does La Vie and Rose, I take out the ring, and I said, would you marry me? You didn't do it. Thank God, though, he said, you sang another song. It was a thousand years, I was telling before. And she said, oh, I love this song. So I took out the ring, and I said, would you marry me? <laughs> You know, that PBS special was a really big moment for you, right? Because yes. that's where people really got to know you. Yes, that's, that's the one that uh, gave, opened the door for me to, 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 to go outside New York and bring it all over the United States. I think we did a tw- 20 cities tour all over the thing. And that, that was a kind of an opener for me. I mean, I produced it myself together with my husband, so it was a big, huge adventure. And uh, we had this idea. I knew that I needed More with singing sensation Giada Valenti in just a moment. But first, 
when you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas. But by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. Really unique Las Vegas experience. So you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org. You are listening to Giada Valenti, who stars in Songs from the Movies on March 12th at 8 p.m. at the Smith Center. We've only just begun to leave. Why some promises? A kiss for luck and we're on our way. For the rising sun, we fly. Something that was so televised because, you know, otherwise you ended up singing from little theater to little theater, singing forever. And I wanted to go, still I want to go all over the world. And I think to, to, to tele, television still the best way to go. Yeah. Well, and PBS, and this is yeah, not a PBS. telethon, but I have to say your type of music is something that you find there that you might not find Just searching YouTube or that kind of thing. But you see that there, and wow, that can open up people's minds. It's a beautiful outlet for artists like me that, um, I mean, music, unfortunately, like mine, it doesn't get really much hair are played anywhere, any place. I mean, people plays all the original songs of the Carpenters and the Beatles or whatever right. you sing, or they have the modern so R&B. And so my music doesn't really have, and the only place that really bring my music that is loved by so many people is PBS. So it, 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 uh, it, it I mean, I'm very grateful to her, to them. You know, you talked before about the Pavarotti and Friends, and I know Tony Bennett's done those kind of things too. Is there anybody you'd love to sing with that you say, boy, I would love to sing a song or maybe more with them? Well, a, a, a lot of people that they're dead or alive, because they, uh, many of the people I want to sing with are dead. One was Perry Como. I love Perry Como. Oh, that'd Como. be great. Yeah, that would that be was, really interesting to hear yes, you sing with him. It was yeah. my favorite. I mean, the one that are alive, of course, I do adore Joss Groban's music. Uh, mm-hmm. I love country music. I always say if I was born and raised in America, I would have been a country singer. So right. I have a whole list of country singers. Actually, I want to go to Nashville and do like something. Patsy Klein or something oh, like that? Patsy Klein, yeah. Uh, the country music from the past and that. Really, the country music. I'm a songwriter, and I think, beside the American songbook, uh, nowadays the greatest uh, storytellers are country singers. Nice. They write songs that we'll all understand, the lyrics from the first to the last. The, they're very honest in the way they perform. There is no much a mimic on stage or crazy things like some other thing. They just go there, they dress up properly, they sing a song that you understand from the first. Till the end. You know, one artist you sing is Dusty Springfield. Oh. And I think, oh, that is such a great and, and really 
she was so great, oh. in, in, and people don't even realize it until you start playing those things back and really like, carefully. Yes. <laughs> you know? you see, in my PBS show, there was, there was a song, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me, and it's a very special song for me. It's Dusty Springfield, but it's been written by a Venetian composer, mm-hmm. Pino Donaggio, who is like me from Venice, and he's a dear friend of mine. And he, so every time I sing that song about storytelling, I surprise everybody telling that it's a Venetian song. The original title was Io Che Non Vivo Senza Te, and he wrote it when he was 18. So I tell the whole story. And it's, it's fascinating, right? Many it people, is. and then people come to the concert and they're like, I never knew that. I thought there was a British song. I said, Nope. Right. Well, that's exactly. And that's why people love to see you. Now, let's talk about your uh, coming from Venice because, si. you know, I'm an Italian too, so I'm fascinated yep. by this, but you're a real Italian. They look at me and what go, yeah, real you're not. Italian? You're somebody real, real <laughs> Italian is somebody born there. I, I've got all the roots, but. Uh, I can tell you an anecdote <laughs> about that. I mean, I moved to New York City uh, uh, 17 years ago, born and raised in Italy. I had lived in another country, in London, in Amsterdam. I did a first concert in New York City. I remember we sold out at the Capo Theater. The whole audience were Italian-American. I remember at a meet and greet, I was shaking hands of people. First of all, when they put the lights on, all the faces of the people in the audience looked like they were family to me. <laughs> There's something like you. We have an Italian kind of way of being. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the, at the meet and greet, having people that said, you know, I'm Italian too. And I was asking, where are you from? I said, well, I don't remember where my grandparents from. I've never been to Italy. I don't speak Italian, but I'm Italian. And I always say in Italy and all over my story, I, that night, the first concert I remember, I became proud of my Italian heritage because I said, those people have never been to Italy. They don't speak Italian. They're more proud of being Italian than I am. I never felt anything for being Italian. So you guys, like you said, not real Italian. You made it special for me, the fact that you're still so in love with your Italian heritage. Well, it's a great culture. I remember growing up in that. And the interesting part is a couple of my best friends were both Sicilian. And what I found out was we were both Italians, but there's a big difference between Sicily and where my relatives come from, which is in the Tuscany area. Toscana, Toscany, like uh, Mr. Bocelli. I mean, you know what it is. in, In Italy... We just see each other like a big thing, big pots of pasta, right. north and south. Sometimes it's more people. One, one of the first questions that you ask people when we are in America, oh, Italian, where are you from? So, and you are from Sicily. I, I, I don't think it's any different. I mean, the country is different. The, the, the food is different, yeah. but the culture is the same. Actually, I'm from Venice, so I'm from the north. And I must say some of my Italian friends sometimes said, oh, Sicilian is like, and, <laughs> yeah. and me, I'm like, it's not, I, I don't see it like that. I yeah. think we are citizens of Italy, citizens of the world. We are all the same. Actually, personally, Neapolitan and Sicilian are the most uh, colorful, gesturing people. I love them. Well, I used to like to go there on New Year's Eve because these people had fun. I mean, oh, my, my relatives weren't quite that effusive, oh, but they always. had fun. <laughs> and it's funny how they say we talk with hands, and I'm always saying, no, it's not true. Until one day I was in Italy, I remember, on the train with my husband. My husband is Dutch, he's from Amsterdam. And uh, we, we, the train is about to depart, and we are sitting on the train, and I look, uh, we just came from Amsterdam with the train, where people were waiting and standing and talking to each other, not moving hands, and suddenly we are in Italy, departing to go back to Amsterdam. So no sound, I look at the window and I see the Italian. They're not talking like this. There was all a gesture with hands. You could understand. You said, yeah, me, you too. Oh, I said to my husband, you're right. Look how much movement in those people. So we are very, we, once they made me do a promo on PBS and they decided it was nice to do with a cup of coffee. This is Jada Valenti. Thank you for watching PBS. And suddenly the director said to my husband, why is she moving the cups? Why is she moving so much? So I said, because she's Italian. She needs to talk with the cups. So they took away the cups for me. <laughs> Oh, that's great.
Twitter. And let's talk about a little. I know you you did some blogging for Huffington Post about that, uh, the Italian lifestyle, and also the food. I, oh, there food. is nothing like Italian food. Best, the best food in the world. You grew up eating a lot of pasta. I don't. I look at you and say, I I, I don't know how because. Uh, Actually, I'm trying to avoid carbs, but I can't. It's like uh, I'm made of carbs. But uh, they say carbs are bad, proteins and salads yeah. are better. But I'm like, always like pasta and bread are the best thing. And, and yeah. I love to eat. I love to cook. And I love, what I love about Italian food, and that's why I'm very passionate about, is the simplicity. And actually, you don't gain weight if you eat the Italian weight. When we go to Italy to spend uh, three weeks, one month with my parents, we lose weight comparing to what we eat in America because it's a no proceeds food. So everything is made from scratch. If we made pasta, we made it only with tomato sauce and some Parmesan cheese and olive oil and garlic. There is no butter. There is no meat. There's, so it's the simplicity of it. So I'm always saying, I'm, I'm very seriously, I eat pasta even though I should not and I don't gain weight most of the time because of the simplicity. I don't put, uh, you should not combine proteins and, 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 and we can go into a completely different things. And my grandmother used to say, if a recipe has more than four ingredients, not, com- not counting oil and salt, is a piece of crap. That's what <laughs> wow. all the best yeah. recipe have four ingredients max, and then salt and pepper and olive oil. But the ingredient has to be no more than four. And it's true. Well, I know there is one dessert that you're famous for, oh, yeah. tiramisu, and everybody loves tiramisu, but boy, when you can find somebody that can really make that, there's a big <laughs> difference in that. <laughs> it's funny that you said it. Yeah, they call me the queen of tiramisu. I made it pretty good once because, I mean, uh, I, I have a secret, and my secret, I'm always say less sugar, less is more. Sometimes when you find a dessert, especially tiramisu, not good, it's because most of the time he has too much sugar. So my proportion are very Italian, so there is less sugar than most of the people. And it's funny because I made it, I, I, I do also cooking class sometimes, teaching people to make tiramisu. And March, um, uh, actually coming up, March 14, first day mm-hmm. of spring, is March 14, or March 21, right? The first day of spring? Yeah. Is National Tiramisu Day, and oh. it started three years ago. And the first year of Miss Today, I was invited in New York City to Mm -hmm. make it for a, a group of people and teach them how to make it for tiramisu day it was the first tiramisu day ever and I made it and at the end of my lessons the people from Italy the store the mm-hmm. famous store the pastry chef came and he said I want to try the one you made because of course they were serving the one made the days before to the people he tried mine and he said yours is better what is the secret they said the secret is less sugar that's right because the sweetness still comes out but it doesn't yeah. overwhelm you yeah, yeah. Too much salt or too much sugar ruins the food or too much oil, too much butter. Everything should be in good proportion. I'm very passionate about it. I can go home forever. <laughs> I like, and I know you're right because there's nothing like people that have gone over and spent time there. Uh, I have a friend that actually lived over there working at a company, and he said the one thing you can find is you can go to these small little restaurants and you'll have a pasta meal you won't believe in it. And, Relatively inexpensive and just incredible. And like you say, it's the simplicity that really is... That's the key. Uh, Sometimes I have friends that they invite me for dinner or lunch and they said, can you cook something for us? Of course, they prepare the ingredients and they cook. Most of the time I make pasta. And and they are stupefied to see the simplicity, how how delicious the food is, uh, is, the taste, and the three or four ingredients I use and that's it. I mean, try to just take some garlic and put and bake it with some olive oil, and then you put fresh tomato sauce. Make sure there is no much sugar in the tomato sauce, and then you had a pasta and parmesan cheese. It's the best 
meal you will ever have, and you don't gain weight. Absolutely. Well, and I'll tell you, just the Parmesan cheese alone, I'd be happy. I oh, love that stuff. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I think when people come to see you, they're going to get all the, the feel of you as a person. And part of this is, is I read through all your stuff, and, and having met you now a couple of times, I think gratitude seems like the word. You seem like somebody, and I guess you got that, you said, from your grandmother. My grandma. I, I close my show with something that really shaped me as an artist. My grandmother, she was a singer, but of course she didn't have a career because she had seven kids at the time. But still, she never left the music. She was singing, giving lessons, and she's the one who discovered my talent. And when I was a little girl, she said something. She said to me, when she discovered the passion I have for music, because I was always into music, she said, if one day I would be so lucky to do what I love so much, music. She said, don't you ever forget to be grateful for each and every person that would come to your concert, that would buy your CD. That would... She didn't know about PBS, but she would have said, the pledge for your PBS special, she writes you a letter because she said, if it wasn't for them, you would be singing in the shower. How true is that? I mean, talent is a God-given thing. And mm-hmm. I, I am, I'm aware of it. I mean, uh, could have been born without what I can do. But gratitude is something that uh, you have to have. Every artist, every artist, I mean, from, and, and I can tell you, you can see in Tony Bennett, he's grateful yeah. from his audience. But sometimes nowadays you see some people that just think like very arrogant. You know, I'm famous because I'm great. No, you're famous because you are great, you're good, and that is not you, it's being given to you by somebody else. You are famous because the people love you and you should be thankful for them. Because if, you, if tomorrow the, all those people turn your back on you and they say, I don't go to any, that you can be Lady Gaga, you can be, you could have been Michael Jackson, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra. If it wasn't for the fans, they would never have been who they were. Right, and it goes back to what you said before. There are some people out there that just never oh. get that break. So you got to be thankful to say, wow, I got the opportunity to do what I love. Absolutely. You have to work for it because I'm always saying chances don't come to you. You have to go looking for chances, but you have to be grateful. At certain po- and I mean, listen, I'm not mainstream famous. There are so many people that don't know me. So I'm working and struggling every day, one fans at the time, one soul at the time. I, I, the only thing you can do as an artist is do what you love, put everything you have. And I'm always saying, if you give love, love will come back to you. And it's the same thing. If you put out there good music, people will find it. And that's what I do every day. I, I'm happy when I get three new followers on, uh, on my Instagram, <laughs> right. on my Facebook, People that really say, I love your music. I mean, which is it's very, it's very special for me. I'm very grateful for that. Well, whether it's working with Pacelli or performing at Carnegie Hall, I imagine each time you do one of those things, it's like, wow, look where I'm at. Thank God. Thank, right. <laughs> thank everybody that comes out Absolutely. here. <laughs> I, I mean... It's. Uh, I, I'm always say I'm very. I'm very with my feet on the ground. I have my head on the clouds because I'm a big dreamer. I have big dreams, and I'm always. I'm. I'm. I'm very not grounded with my head because I have dreams. And if I tell you, you're like, you're never gonna do that. So why say? Why not? But with my feet, I'm on the floor. I'm. I'm realistic. I know that life is tough. It's tough for me. Like I'm always shares the the toughness of my life because I don't want people to believe that the artist or me or whoever we're talking, they have the perfect life. None of us have Well, you life. had a big health scare that, you know, oh. you could have died. And yeah. again, like you say, like, okay, then that means every yeah. moment here I got to really 
Yeah, not take every for day granted. can be the last one. I mean, I struggle with that, and I see all my the struggling, also struggling with my health. So I think it's now six years ago. I, I should have not been here. I should have been dead. But I, I see that all the struggling it was a, a lesson I've learned. It was a, it's a blessing. It's been a blessing because it made me realize we are here for a time being. So we have to make every day count. Every every day is an opportunity to do something you you may not be able to do it tomorrow so we have to grab it and we have to do it and, I, and then and and uh, but i always say because i mean i receive so many messages from fans that they are struggling and the most beautiful things for me i mean i have people uh, actually they are in one, one specific guy i'm thinking is in england mm-hmm. and he's suffering of depression and he said finding my music and finding my spirit and being friends with me on Facebook, I communicated with him, took him away from, he was really, he was suicidal. Mm-hmm. And he said, talking to you, and he picked up music again because of me. Because one day he said, you know, I was a musician. said, what do you mean I was? You are. Music, yeah. you still have it. So he's now writing, he's singing again. And he was suicidal. Can you believe what music or what a, a, a moment of my life meant for him? Because I remember receiving that email that message in, and writing back. It took me a couple of days and I read it. I said, is it true? And, and I became friends with this person and I took him out of his misery. Like many is, people did with me. What a great gift, right, to you. It I is. mean, to be able to do that is a wonderful it's, thing. And I think we can all do. We don't have to be famous. We don't have to be artists. We don't have to, we just need a second to, to open our eyes and look around. There's so many people in need and we can all help. Yeah. We can all help with something. It's going to be Thursday, March 12th at 8 o'clock over at Myron Cabaret Jazz at the Smith Center. Before we go, can you just say how great that place is to play? I think people that haven't seen it really need to go out there. It's really, yeah, they call, actually it's a jewel, that place. They call it the Carnegie Hall of the West. For me, it's even better than Carnegie Hall. Can we say that? Or am I going to have Carnegie Hall uh, suing me? I love that place. Yeah. The sound, the light, the people, the atmosphere. It's a jewel. So the, the Myron, the Smith Center too. I I, uh, I mean, I see in concert, the big room is, uh, both rooms, the whole complex is a jewel so if they never been they can come to see me or anything uh, that place they it's funny i'm surprised that some people in vegas they've never been there they have to go it's the best place a- absolutely town. and people to visit need to kind of think about staying there i mean i'm unfortunately uh here with uh there's three of us here my producer as well and i'm the only one that hasn't played there but, so oh. <laughs> i would love to play there you have just, to uh, it's just to listen a- to me talk doesn't necessarily need that great acoustics <laughs> But to go see you, or when John's with the honorifics, it's really worth the time. Uh, if people want to follow you, because I think you're well worth following and want to know what you're up to, where can we go online? They can go on my website, which is jadavalenti.com, and you spell Jada, G-I. You've been listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast, with new shows loaded twice weekly. Got a guest idea? Email us at info at VegasNeverSleeps.com and catch the show live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, coast to coast on the Biz Talk Radio Network. I want to tell you about 360debtfree.com, a proven method of becoming debt-free that the banks don't want you to know about. And at 360debtfree.com, it doesn't matter what your credit score is. Isn't that right, Mike Margroff? 
You don't have to have perfect credit. You don't even have to have good credit. A lot of the people that we do business with, they can actually change their credit and improve it you know, by doing business with us just because of the way our, our proprietary program works. You know, you don't need additional lines of credit. It pays off all your debt, not just your mortgage. And any interest-bearing payment, is, as far as that goes, all they need to do is go to 360debtfree.com, grab a copy of our free ebook, Turn Your Debt Into Wealth, and have your free personal financial analysis call with one of my experienced advisors. I guarantee it'll be an eye-opener for them, to say the least, Stephen. Thanks, Mike. Go to 360debtfree.com and download the free ebook, then schedule a free personal financial analysis call. Go to 360debtfree.com, start turning your debt into wealth at 360debtfree.com. That's 360debtfree.com. 